Good morning. Welcome to Mary Queen of Peace Parish as we celebrate the 33rd Sunday in Ordinary Time. A special welcome is extended to those who are visiting with us today and to anyone returning home to our parish community. You are always welcome here. Though the formal requirement for masking has been lifted, we invite you to make your own choice to continue masking and or social distancing. The words and music for the entire Gloria are printed in the inside back cover of your hymnal. We invite you to sing along with all of these as you are able. Assisting us today as our lector, John Rogers, Terry Rogers, Kathy Betts, and Irene Hearn. Our altar servers are Dan Rogers and Nick Rogers. Our interpreter is Scott Doherty. I am your cantor, Bill Brinzer. Almost every other cantor is sick, so please say a prayer for them. <laughs> I'm also your organist. Our celebrants are Father Michael, assisted by Deacon Frank. Please remain seated throughout the entire Mass so that the interpreter may be seen. Please join with each other in singing our opening hymn, The King Shall Come When Morning Dawns, which is number 414 in the blue hymnal. of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with all of you. And with your spirit. Welcome, everyone. Uh, we are, again, just in the second week of our mass schedule change. And of course, that means that different people are attending, and I know we have a number of guests here today as well. At the beginning of this liturgy, I'm going to invite you to try to get to know someone's name who you do not know. So I'm gonna give you again about 
45 seconds to stand, turn to one another, and learn someone's name around you, please. We are celebrating this weekend the last Sunday in ordinary time. Next week being the end of the liturgical year, the celebration of Christ the King. Gathering today, knowing we've been journeying with Christ and one another, as always, we know the need for God's mercy. Lord Jesus, you call us to repent our sins Lord have, mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, come into our hearts and heal our brokenness and our sufferings. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on us forgive us of our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, on earth peace to people of goodwill. Glory to God, glory to God, For you, 
gathering our prayers together, let us pray. Grant, we pray, O Lord, our God, the constant gladness of being devoted to you, for it is full and lasting happiness to serve with constancy the author of all that is good. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Preparing to hear the word of God this weekend, we hear from the prophet Malachi, who is prophesying before the destruction of Jerusalem and Babylonian exile. And in anticipating that destruction, notice in the first reading how differently that destruction, that destruction can be experienced two different ways. Second reading, uh, Second Thessalonians. One of the ideals that the early Christian community tried to uphold was that they held all things in common, right? So there was a collective ownership of possessions and things. And that ideal, of course, could lead and did lead to abuses. And so Paul addresses freeloaders. A reading from the book of the prophet Malachi. Lo, the day is coming, blazing like an oven, when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. And the day that is coming will set them on fire, leaving them neither root nor branch, says the Lord of hosts. But for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. The word of the Lord. in the sound of the horn raise a shout before the king the lord the lord comes to rule the earth with justice let the sea and all within it thunder the world and those who dwell in it let the rivers clap their hands and the hills ring out their joy 
at the presence of the Lord, for he comes. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with justice and the peoples with fairness. The Lord comes to rule the earth with justice. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. <clears throat> Brothers and sisters, you know how one must imitate us. For we did not act in a disorderly way among you, nor did we eat food received free from anyone. On the contrary, in toil and drudgery, night and day we worked, so as not to burden any of you. Not that we do not have the right, Rather, we wanted to present ourselves as a model for you so that you might imitate us. In fact, when we were with you, we instructed you that if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. We hear that some are conducting themselves among you in a disorderly way. By not keeping busy, but minding the business of others. Such people we instruct and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to work quietly and to eat their own food. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, all that you see here, the days will come where there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, Teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? And he answered, See that you not be deceived, 
For many will come in my name saying, I am he, the time has come. Do not follow them. When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified. For such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. And then he said to them, nations will rise against nations, kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines and plagues from place to place, and awesome signs and mighty signs will come from the sky. Before all this happens, however, they will seize and persecute you. They will hand you over to the synagogues and to prisons, and they will have you led before kings and governors because of my name. It will lead you, lead to your giving testimony. Remember, you're not to prepare your defense beforehand, for I myself shall give you a wisdom in speaking that all your adversaries will be powerless to resist or refute. You will even be handed over by parents, brothers, relatives, and friends, and they will put some of you to death. You will be hated by all because of my name, but not a hair on your head will be destroyed. By your perseverance, you will secure your lives. The Gospel of the Lord. I grew up helping my dad do projects around the house. My dad, once again, was an industrial arts teacher or a shop teacher. And so he could do just about anything. And so we seldom had anybody coming, like we never called a plumber, we never called an electrician, right? Uh, He did all of those kinds of things himself. And so growing up, I got to shadow him and kind of apprentice, and so learned lots of things about cars and homes and electric and all that stuff. Well, uh, we had on our property in the country this little building that we um, very creatively called the little house. This is little house. We called it the little house. Um, So my dad decided that we were going to renovate this little house and then rent it out for a little supportive income. And so as a child, you know, young teenager probably, I got the opportunity to, to, you know, learn about everything, rewiring, uh, wallboard, uh, new cabinetry, um, uh, plumbing, uh, putting in a new washer and dryer, you know, roofing, all of those. It was really just a, a beautiful thing. And I'm, not that I'm, I can do all those things, but uh, certainly I learned a lot and can do some of them. But I have to tell you, one of my favorite parts about renovating the little house was the demolition. You know? There's just something about putting a sledgehammer through a plaster wall, you know? We're like taking out a kitchen cabinet. 
<laughs> with a sledgehammer. And of course, that was... <laughs> Careful, Scott. <laughs> of course, uh, yeah, there's something you know, cathartic about that, but that, that was short-lived, actually. And then there was all the work to do to clean it up and then actually do the renovation. But, uh, but so much fun, you know, sledgehammer. But let's be honest, and let me be honest with you. I am not real comfortable with the demolition of most things. As a matter of fact, I and probably most of us in our lives don't want things to be destroyed before something new happens. As a matter of fact, we're, we, we, we kind of want things to stay the way they are. Uh, we don't like change. Uh, we don't want a building to be torn down. We don't want the, the, the challenge of, of looking at the systems that might need to change, uh, that need to end so that new ones can begin. We don't like to, to, to deal with the struggle of relationship that causes us and the need to grow and things and behaviors and things that we need to end. And I could go on and on, right? What we honestly, if we're really honest with ourselves, we have, would rather have resurrection without the death and destruction. Right? But that's not the way it works. You know that as we have been taking this journey together all this year for the last, I don't know, eight months or so, we've been journeying with Jesus in Luke's gospel using this literary theological device that he uses of the journey to Jerusalem. And of course, all along that journey, as we're walking with him towards his ultimate purpose, we've learned how radical discipleship is, how radical the gospel message is, how so freeing and how challenging this walk and this journey is. And again, we've done that now for months and months. We've just recently been inspired by lots of parables that he's been using to kind of shake us up a bit so that you know, the, the, the foundation, not to confirm what we normally think and believe and act, but to shake us up so that something new of the kingdom God can come forth. And so now, remember, the journey has come to an end. We're at the end of Luke's gospel. Last week and this week, now we're with Jesus in Jerusalem itself. We're there. We've come and we know that the purpose is going to be fulfilled. And there's just two stories we get to hear about. Actually, three. We'll have one more next week with the celebration of Christ the King. And it's Jesus being crucified with criminals right and left and the dialogue that happens. But, but for the most part, in ordinary time here, we just get two stories, two passages of Jesus in Jerusalem. Last week was all about the resurrection. Do you remember, right? Remember Sadducees approached Jesus and didn't believe in resurrection and they asked him and he, he, he adamantly supported uh, how important the need and the belief for resurrection is. 
If you want a recap of that, especially after this homily, go back to the YouTube and get a little, little life, right? Because this week, what's it about? Death and destruction, All right? This is the death part. Did you hear today's gospel? Last week, resurrection, this week. Looking at the temple, not one stone that's laid upon another that will not be thrown down. And goes on to speak about the cosmic, right? There will be earthquakes, wars, nation against nation. Then goes on to talk about even the most important familial relationships and friendships and says that one will hand over another. This is what is bound to happen. And remember, this is the fullness of what the Paschal mystery is as we're with Jesus in Jerusalem, held together, resurrection, death. Death, resurrection. That's the mystery, this Paschal mystery that we live and celebrate that is, must be held together. So one of the three Catholic prayers we learned, even as children, right? We learned the Our Father, we learned the Hail Mary, and we prayed and learned the Glory Be, right? We're going to try this. We're going to try this in both sign language and speaking together. We're going to pray this prayer together. You guys ready? Ready? Pray the Glory Be. Ready? Glory Be to the Father. Wait, stop, stop, stop. Pray together with me. Ready? Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. That was wrong. It is. The end of the prayer of the glory be has actually changed. And the reason why is because the end of that prayer that we've been taught the glory be is not theologically, Christologically correct, right? There is a new version of the glory be that is actually, it's only prayed in one place in the liturgy of the church publicly in the liturgy of the church, you often don't hear it, right? Because it's not at mass, it's not at the other sacraments, it's actually in what's called the liturgy of the hours, the divine office. And it's, uh, there's seven hours of prayer that you can pray, priests and deacons, and we're actually commissioned, right, to pray this, we're supposed to pray this every day, a number of, of others do it as well, lay people in the church, Liturgy of the Hours, and it's really praying through mostly the 150 psalms that are from the Old Testament. But at the end of every one of those psalms that is prayed, basically three, every unique prayer an hour, right? You say the Glory Be prayer. This is the new liturgical Glory Be prayer. Notice the difference in the ending. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, 
is now, and will be forever. Amen. What was the difference? Exactly. World without end. And why is that not theologically correct? Because brothers and sisters, it's going to end. As a matter of fact, we're doing a pretty good job of expediting that, aren't we, right, as human beings, right? right? Like, good God, we're probably consuming more plastic than we can possibly imagine, right? We, we're doing a great job of expediting its destruction. Uh, but, but theologically, the understanding of the church, the understanding of discipleship, right, is that it's going to end, and that actually the experience as we know it now the world as we know it now must end in order for a new world to be, in order for there to be new life. There's got to be death and destruction in order for there to be resurrection. But again, brothers and sisters, we would prefer <laughs> just resurrection, wouldn't we? Because sometimes the dismantling, the destruction... The demolition is hard. It's really painful. I've been using a quote from St. Francis, and this is St. Francis. I've been using a quote from Pope Francis. Um, uh, and, and it's a quote that I've been meditating a lot on as we've been on this whole uh, process within the Diocese of Pittsburgh for on mission for the Church Alive. And uh, it, it, because, of course, we know the on mission is to get back to who we're really called to be, but we know that as we're on this process, that some things that aren't working must change, but that doesn't necessarily make it easy. Here's a Pope Francis quote that actually I've been using. You probably may have heard it before. Uh, it, it is it, during a homily that he gave when he came to the United States, and I believe it was 2015, met with the United Nations, met with the Catholic bishops, actually established a couple of new saints, a United States saints, right? So d during one of the homilies he was giving, actually in Pennsylvania, with clergy, religious, and others, this is a quote that he said. One of the greatest challenges in the church in this generation is to foster in all of the faithful a personal responsibility for the church's mission. To enable all to fulfill the responsibility as missionary disciples and as leaven of the gospel in the world. This will require creativity, adapting to changing situations, carrying forward the legacy of the past, but not primarily by maintaining our structures and institutions, which have served us well, but above all, being open to the possibility which the Spirit opens to us in communicating the joy of the gospel in every day and season of our lives. Do you hear that? 
not primarily in maintaining our structures and institutions that have served us well, but being open to the possibilities that the Spirit opens for us in the communication of the joy of the gospel. And yet, man, we sometimes love those old ways. That's the church. But if you think about our own lives, what are you grasping and holding on to, trying to preserve, that you know is changing? And not only is it changing, but you know it must change, right? And yet, we would just prefer resurrection, <laughs> right? We just prefer resurrection. We need, as the disciples of the Lord, to embrace the entire Paschal mystery. And embracing that Paschal mystery, there's the possibility. In Micah, the prophet Micah, once again, notice how what was happening and the destruction of Jerusalem could be experienced in two different ways. For some, it was an oven and fire that left neither root nor stubble. But for some, it was the healing rays of the Son of Justice. Embracing the fullness of the Paschal mystery. As disciples of the Lord, sometimes we need to embrace the destruction of the temple in order for the new life and the resurrection to arise. As God's people, we together profess our faith. I'm going to ask you three questions the response to those questions is, I do. Do you believe in God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the only Son, our Lord, who was born of the Virgin Mary, crucified, died, buried, rose from the dead, and is now seated at the right hand of God the Father? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting? This is our faith that we profess through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Trusting the compassion of God for us and for all, we offer these needs and prayers. Our response is, hear us, O Lord, <clears throat> that all leaders in both church and state may lead with humility and holiness
with a heart for the common good. We pray. In the words of Pope Francis, Mary, Queen of Peace, comfort the martyred Ukrainian people and obtain from the heads of nations the strength of will to immediately bring the war to an end. We pray. In this Black Catholic History Month, that the whole church may grow in appreciation and gratitude for the gifts brought to the black Catholic community. We pray. For all those in our prayer request list in the bulletin, that their pain and suffering be eased by our prayers. We pray. We go forth for an increased compassion by the whole church toward the needs of the poor and the marginalized. We pray. For all those who have died in our parish community, especially Kim Smith and Conrad Solarchek, may they be welcomed into God's kingdom we pray. We remember today Rose Simplice and Margaret Davis and all the intentions present on the altar along with those we hold in the silence of our hearts. We pray. and calling on the loving intercession of our patron and mother, we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death, amen. Mary, Queen of Peace, pray for us. During the preparation of the gifts, please join in singing number six, seven, eight, dwelling place. Number six, seven, eight.
pray, sisters and brothers, my sacrifice and yours will be acceptable to God the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and good of all his holy church. We pray. Grant, Lord, that what we offer in the sight of your majesty may obtain for us the grace of being devoted to you and gain for us a prize of everlasting happiness. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is right and just, our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere, to give you thanks, Father of mercy, faithful God. You've given us Jesus Christ, your Son, as Lord and Redeemer. He always showed compassion for the children and the poor, for the sick and the sinners, he became neighbor to the oppressed and the afflicted. By word and deed, you announce to the world that you are our Father and that you care for all of us, your sons and daughters. And so with all the angels and saints, we bless your name and sing a hymn of your glory as without end we acclaim. Indeed, holy Lord, the font of all holiness, make holy, therefore, these gifts we pray, sending down your spirit on them like the dewfall, that they may become the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed, he entered willingly into his passion. He took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and eat of it. This is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, again giving thanks, gave it to his disciples, saying, take this, all of you, and drink from it. This is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new 
an eternal covenant which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, we celebrate the memory of his death and resurrection, and we offer you, Lord, the bread of life, the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and to minister to you. Humbly, we pray that partaking the body and the blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church, which is spread throughout the world, bring us to the fullness of charity. Together with Francis, our Pope, with David, our Bishop, with all clergy and all who serve and lead your people. Remember also Remember also all our sisters and brothers who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. And have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the blessed Virgin Mary, the mother of God, with the blessed apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, that we too may be co-heirs to eternal life to praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen, amen, amen. Please rise. With trust in the kingdom of God, at the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to pray. Our, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. 
Deliver us from evil, Lord. Grant peace in our day, that by the help of your mercy, we may be freed from sin, protected from all anxiety, as we wait in joyful hope, coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Lord, you said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look, look not on our sin, but on the faith of your church. Grant us peace and unity that's accordance with your will, for you live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Peace of the Lord be with you. Let us offer each other some sign of Christ's peace. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are we who are called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word in my soul. For those celebrating with us virtually, we offer an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most blessed sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot now receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and I unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Our communion hymn is number 584, Come to the Water.
Let us pray. We have partaken of the gifts of this sacred mystery, humbly imploring, O Lord, that what your Son commanded us to do in memory of him may bring us growth in charity through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May the blessings of Almighty God be upon you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Mass is ended. Go in peace. Go and live the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our closing hymn is Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, number 641. <laughs>